In this episode, I talk with Ben Swalwell. He shares his experience in the competitive world of youth soccer in England. His movement in, from England to Italy to now to the United States. His big project right now, a free soccer ID camp for the males and female students of St. Lucie County in Florida. This is an awesome episode with so much value. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Kieran, Coach's Corner Chats. Tonight, I have Ben Swalwell. Did I say that right? Spot on, first time. Spot on. Swalwell with me. I'm super excited about this. Ben, give us a little insight onto where you're at, what you're up to. Okay, so uh, my name's Ben. I am based down in Florida. Um, I'm originally from England, and I've been in the U.S. for about four and a half years now. Um, so I played a little um, played a little soccer back in England. I played in some academies um, and played in the local leagues. Then moving here four and a half years ago, I really got into coaching. There's not a lot of like local leagues to play in. Um, so I started out at youth level, and then over the space of three years, I went from youth to high school to college really quickly. Um, so it was a really interesting kind of jump and progression through that. And then I graduated from college last year. So I've now become a history teacher. So I'm kind of focusing on that right now. Um, having a newborn baby. So kind of mixing soccer teaching and the baby's kind of hard. So soccer's on the back burner coaching wise. So I'm really kind of focusing on the teaching aspects and then the family side as well. Right on. So what, so what brought you over to the States from, from England? My wife. <laughs> well, there you go. Whatever yes. she says goes. Yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we actually met in Italy. Um, so we were both living and working there. Um, she invited me over to the U S and I said, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, and I ended up getting a degree, buying a house, having a baby. So it's going pretty well. The, the American dream. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. So what, what has, uh, what's, what's something that you experienced going through playing youth soccer overseas to now seeing um, kind of how things are here soccer wise and what have you, what's some of the, the things that you see as differences or maybe similar? Um, I was actually, I was really surprised when I came over um, with, I know like soccer isn't the, the main sport over here. Like, in, in, in England, it's a religion. Like, more people go to games on a weekend than they do go to church. So, like, it's what you live for. Whereas here, it's seen as, oh, well, I have some time off from playing football or basketball, so I'm going to play soccer as well. Mm-hmm. So, knowing that it wasn't the number one sport, I wasn't expecting a lot. But I, I was pleasantly surprised, especially coming into Florida. Um, a lot of kids, it's their number one sport, and they play it all year round. So I was like, I was pleasantly surprised with the the level of ability that players had. In Florida, because of the weather, are they able to just practice outside pretty much 365? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, once you get into the rainy season, um, we do have a lot of uh, lightning storms and that can affect people's ability. Um, if we have a really heavy rain, then it can affect the, the ground. A lot of it gets flooded quite easily. But generally, yeah, you can train 365 around here, which is which is nice. With uh, with the move from England to here, even from Italy, uh, what's the transition been for a Englishman into American education system? Um, so the the education system has been interesting. Um, I always 
I, I, I seem to get like a, a lot of talk because I'm from England. A lot of people ask me a similar question and <laughs> I never actually went to school here. Um, like it's hard to compare the two. Like as a teacher, you see it very differently to as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sim- uh, simple things like um, the way we break up mathematics here. We have a class for algebra, a class for geometry, um, a class for uh, calculus. Like when I went to high school, we didn't. It was just mathematics across the board. So they probably, they taught each thing, but it was just part of a mathematics class. And same with uh, science. It wasn't broken up as like A&P, like biology, chemistry. It was just science as a whole. Um, a lot of kids are shocked. So like my high school experience, I went to a really small high school. Um, there was only 500 kids. Um, and it, it's, it was very similar to if you read the Harry Potter books. So like my school had four houses that competed in points um, when it came to um, academics and sporting events. And then you competed for a cup at the end of the year. Um, so we, we were broken up into these different houses. Um, I was in the greenhouse, which everyone laughs at because obviously that's Slytherin and it's the worst. <laughs> um, but we had things like prefects um, that were like upper level kid, uh, higher kids that um, like can patrol the halls and told kids what to do. I was one of them in my last year. It was kind of nice to get to boss kids around. Yeah. But yeah, I, a lot of people that have read Harry Potter, I just tell them like, just watch Harry Potter take away the magic. And that was my high school experience. Wow. That is really, really, really cool. Because <laughs> ours is like, we put a modern, everybody in one building. And yeah. it's hallways. And, and, and so then what's the size of the school that you're at right now? Uh, so right now it is 2,600. Ooh, so that's a huge jump from 500. Yeah, huge jump. And like with right now with COVID, about a quarter of those kids currently are um, studying from home virtually. Okay, right on. So we've seen we've seen a big change from the start of the year to now. Um, it was about 50-50 to begin with. Um, but then if, as kids have struggled to do online, they've come back into school. So we're seeing an increasing number in the school right now. Is the... Um is the is that are you seeing more of that maybe more for the social side than as much as the the academic um it i think it's a bit of both there was a executive order that was put in by the governor of florida that if students were failing their first semester they had to return to school um you were allowed to bypass that if you were okay with your child failing but a lot of kids came back um because they were their grades were really suffering I mean, it's hard, like not everyone has access to like a regular stream of like Wi-Fi. Um, A lot of kids, like they, kids even told me when they came back into my class, they're like, sir, when I was in your class, sometimes I just played on the Xbox and I didn't listen. Like it's hard to like get kids to focus when they're at home. Yeah. Don't have the room to like separate school from home it's it's a difficult time so like i feel for them having to come back and work hard to get their grade back up again we're just in a really difficult situation right now right on uh, so you played youth ball in england and then you played did you play college soccer over there as well or yeah so i played um in uh some of the local youth academies um so the 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 first one I started out in was a semi-professional um, team that was close to where I'm from. And then I played a year or two in some professional academies. Um, now, 
in England, when you say professional, that could range anywhere from the Premier League down to League Two. Um, like England has such an array of professional leagues. So mm-hmm. I'm playing with the Ronaldos and the Messies of their youth. Like I was playing with kids who maybe made a career out of it, um, but not at the highest level. But still, like for a for a 13 year old me coming into an academy from a small area, it was a it was really interesting. Um, I played like all all through my years throughout high school. And then I played a little bit of college, but I have um, a hereditary back condition. So it affected my ability to play, especially around like the ages of 16 to 19. So just to kind of give an idea, how does, how does one get into an academy? Like you see kids signing and all this kind of stuff, but how, how did you go about it? Was there like a tryout they had and you just showed up or? Yeah, so a lot of it. Um, so the first one that I got to with the, the semi-professional team, they came and watched me um, at a tournament that my elementary school team played in. Um, so it was like a five-a-side tournament. Um, they came and saw me play and said, hey, would you be interested in trying out for this academy? And I was like, yeah. As a nine-year-old, I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> um so I went there and then it was from that team um that then someone came and scouted me for the professional team and asked me to come along so I had a six-week trial at one club that didn't work out um and then I went to another one where I spent a year there um before I'm I left there because of it was too much traveling at the time um like my dad we were getting up I was still playing for the semi-professional academy as well as the actual academy um so I was playing like two or three games a weekend having to travel I mean in America two or three hours isn't a long way but in England two or three hours is a long drive mm-hmm. I'm like you can do the length of England in six hours like, <laughs> I can't get out of Florida in that time <laughs> true so like a couple of hours drive is long for us so it was a lot of, it was a lot of strain on my dad to have to trekking me around everywhere and although he never complained like I'm sure he like he spent a lot on gas that I really didn't realize at the time uh so a couple things that pop in my head is so there are actual scouts just going out and just watching games just trying to find that next that next quality player yeah like they'll they'll go down to the grassroots levels like I mean it's been a while now since that happened uh like they just happened to come to like a a game that I was playing with my elementary school. Like we, st- we developed, um, we had teams running in elementary school from the age of seven, I think, um, where we played like five aside games. So they would come and watch elementary schools and things like that. Um, but yeah, they would just come and watch, especially like out in the countryside where I'm from. Like my village that I grew up in is 500 people, the entire village. So yeah, there's really not a lot going on. So they do try and get out to like the far reach places to see if there's any like hidden gems. Um, but yeah, they'll be coming around just watching like as many games as they can just to pull people into community programs and things like that. That's so cool. Um, so what about the one that you said you went to for uh, a little stint, but it didn't work out? Like I think it was the six week one or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I had a, I had a six week trial there. Um, and the, the reason they let me go was that they said that my first five or 10 yards weren't quick enough, like getting off the mark. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tall. I'm six foot three. Um, and I've been six foot three since I was 13. Like I had a, I had a huge growth spurt. So I was tall for a long time. 
Um, but because I'm tall, it takes a while for me to get going. Um, so, but like once I'm running, I, I would be past everyone, but those first five or 10 yards, it took me a bit, my legs to get going. And that's the reason why they let me go. Um, like after speaking to other people later on, they said that they're very biased towards people from certain areas. Um, but as a, as a 12 year old or 13 year old coming into that, it's pretty demoralizing to get dropped from something like that. Um, but luckily there was another academy that I could step into afterwards. So it made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. That was kind of my thought was like, I know it's difficult for me at the high school level to like, you know, Oh, you're not good enough for varsity. You're gonna play JV or to cut players. And at that age, like you said, when someone even mentioned the idea of like doing an academy, you're like, well, heck yeah, I'll do that. And but yeah. then just the idea of like, it's somewhat cutthroat. Like it's a business for them at the end of the day. And they got definitely the quality. Yeah, we, we don't focus on high school sports as much as America does here. Um, the way the because the way the system works here, you go through college and then through the draft to get to the professionals. Mm-hmm. In England, you make the professionals through the academies. So no one pays attention to high school games. No one ever came to watch our games. We didn't have a stadium. Even my college games, like you would maybe have a couple of friends come and watch, but like no no one was interested in the college games because most people in college were playing in academies where they would make pro. They wouldn't make it pro through the college. So pretty much you, your youth years, your, your 12 to 16, 17 are those, that's the like prime time to, to be found. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, some kids, some kids get found earlier on. If you, um, I read something the other day, Mason Mount for Chelsea. Um, he just captained his first game for them. He's been at Chelsea since he was six years old. Yeah, so like they they will find you young, um, but you, like they they can cut you at the age of seven or eight, or like you can get cut at the age of seventeen. Like it's it's a very difficult process. I think one point five percent out of all academy players actually make it pro. Wow, that's crazy. And then yeah, for that, do, is there just kind of you know I've been in the club scene here in America. Um, where it's all pay to play when you were mm. joining those clubs, did you have to pay the club to be a part of it? Or was the academies like, Hey, we'll give you the gear and we'll take care of you. Or there's, there's like a signing on fee. So, I mean, as, as a kid, I don't remember if my dad paid, um, like I, I definitely didn't pay for it. I was, <laughs> um, I remember the, uh, the, the semi pro one that I first came out, um, the signing on fee, I think was like $30 the equivalent of $30 and they gave me they gave me my jersey um, well, the whole uniform so I just had to I think I paid um, like a substitutes fee that paid for the referees okay. um, but it didn't equate to anything at what people pay over here like I was so shocked when I like was introduced to the pay to play system here like it just it, it blew my mind that people pay thousands of thousands of dollars a year for their kids to play a game that can be played anywhere yeah that's uh it's even scarier when you say it like that like you can just pit, put up two sticks and make it a goal and, and yeah rock and roll you just need a patch of grass yeah we would just we would put two sweaters down door those were those were our goalposts and like we were done for that we would be gone for hours like i grew up where you didn't have to come in until the sun went down so like in the summer i'd be out until 10 o'clock at night playing between two sweaters 
like just kicking a ball and scoring goals. And it was the greatest ever. Like I didn't need any structure to teach me how to play. I just had these two sweaters and like, that was great. That is so cool. I, the other thing too, is it sounds like, um, which we're trying to get more and more kids to do. It's just the idea of just playing pickup, like just street ball yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I was, I was playing in my street. Like, like as soon as I got home, I would change me and my brother would go out. Like the, we would have like a one way street outside my house. So it'd be maybe 15 feet wide. And then we would mark out maybe 20 feet the other way. And we would just play in that little area. So like we, like me and my brother learned ball control really quickly just cause we played in that little area on concrete. So that's so awesome. So awesome. Um, the one thing you also mentioned, which I thought was cool, was your your recognition of your dad and the amount of time that he spent taking you to and from. And I think that's I think it's really cool for people to hear, like how young you can start getting into some of this stuff overseas. I think it's cool to hear, like, look, man, you could be in the club for four years and then there's other guys better and then we'll have to let you go. And then just that. I don't think people understand that just because you're in it, it's not all hunky dory. Like you're not just you, but your family has to make an, a, a major, um, you know. Absolutely. I, I, at the time you don't realize the sacrifices that your parents put in, That's the word. Um, but like not, not just like, it wasn't just soccer. Like it, I used to do um, track and field as well. Um, and I used to do it for like a region within England. So like every, it was like, every third Sunday, my dad would drive me two and a half hours for a two hour training session. And then two and a half hours home again. I just once it was like, yeah, the third, third Monday, of, third Sunday of every month or something like that. And like, I would play two or three games on the weekend. My dad would drive me like I, once I was old enough, I would take the bus to practice. So my dad didn't have to drive me. Um, and I would have to, I would turn up late to practice because the bus schedule, I would have to leave early. Yeah. So I, I always thought it was going to affect like my ability to play. Um, but the fact that I still turned up, like allowed, realized the, to the coach that I was actually really interested and I wanted to be there. Um, plus, I mean, I mean, not to toot my own home, but I was the best player on the team as well. So he wasn't going to drop me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like my dad driving me hours and hours a weekend. Like I had, I really didn't think about it until I was old enough and like the amount of time that he put into me just developing as a player and a person, like I couldn't, I can't thank him enough for it. Was, was he not beyond just the driving to and from, was he one of those that, what, that kind of got you into the game of soccer from the get go or what was your, yes and no. I mean like soccer is the main sport anyway. So like every, like the vast majority of people get into it, but my dad played for the local uh, like Sunday league team. So from the age of, probably five, I would be, I would walk with my dad and watch the game. Like I remember um, standing like in the locker room, like after the game and like, it's just, it's really sweaty and humid and full of like the radiant B rub, like the, the deep heat rub, like that smell, like yeah. every time I smell it, it's that memory. Um, but yeah, I used to go watch him all the time. I, I watched him, like I saw him break his leg, which was a really big thing. Yeah. It was a, uh, pretty shocking to watch but um i also had the ability to play with him as well um like he because it's sunday league you can play it to like any age so i started playing sunday league when i was 14 so on top of the academy i was playing the sunday league with the men so i got to play in the same team as my dad so that was really nice wow you 
seem to have been playing a lot of soccer when you were younger. In a oh, week. I, I played a ridiculous amount. If I wasn't doing my schoolwork, which honestly I wasn't most of the time, I was playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully your students don't hear that. No, no, no. They're, no, I was a good student at school. <laughs> <laughs> he was on top of it, people. So one of the things that I know you've been putting together and working on, I wanted to learn a bit about was you've been putting together an, an ID camp type setup. And can you give a little insight into that? And then we'll delve into it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, coming into America and understanding, like learning about the pay to play system and the college system and how it all works, I realized that there's, it, it sounds bad, but a lot of it seems to be a money-making scheme. Mm. You look at the cost of showcases can go up to thousands of dollars for a team, um, or you want to go to an ID camp for a college, and they can charge anywhere between 50 and $200 for you to turn up to an ID camp. Um, and especially this year, or 2020 with COVID and everything, a lot of people have been affected, not just emotionally, but financially. And people can't afford to play a club this year or they can't afford to go to the ID camp that they wanted to go to. So I'm just, I'm trying to set up something that allows people to put their talent across to as many colleges as possible. So what I've set up is the St. Lucie West uh, College Soccer ID Camp, um, which is a free ID camp for anyone that is in the school district that I work in, which is St. Lucie County in Florida. Um, all they've had to do is just sign up to a, uh, through an online form. I've created a website. I've set up the camp. Um, we have 25 colleges attending virtually. Um, so all I'm trying to do is just get these kids' exposure out there and just try and get them like into a college that they really want, like that they maybe wouldn't get otherwise. So are there multiple high schools within the school district? So we have... Um, five public high schools and a charter school. Um, so the six of them all together within, within our district, um, we're allowing anyone that's a junior or a senior um, to sign up to that, um, to register to play in there. So what you have created is instead of forcing kids to have to pay money to go to a school and with all of the issues of getting to places and what you're allowed to do and not do, you're creating an opportunity for these players for free. Yep. Go up play yeah I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna let coaches see your play you playing and then start building that that recruiting resume yeah there's no strings attached there's no like scheme to it all all we're trying to do me and my athletic director at my school we're just trying to help as many kids as possible like hopefully make their dream of playing college soccer that is so cool because i you know i completely agree i feel like we price we have priced kids out uh, you know, socioeconomics is, is too much of a factor in whether or not you have opportunities to do things. Um, and I think the fact that you're like, forget about the money. I'm here to give some value. I want to give my, these players an opportunity that they may have not had before. Um, the other thing, have you found talking, and I don't know how much interaction you've had with some of these, maybe just from the players at, at your specific high school, do you find that a lot of them don't understand the recruiting process or even what an ID camp was in the first place? Uh, some of them, yeah. Some of them have attended them before. Um, some of them are kind of skeptical that like this random guy has just walked up and said, hey, would you like to play a game of soccer? Um, so try, I've given them a basic rundown of what it is. 
Um, and nearer the time, we're going to have a, a like a group Zoom call, and we're going to talk about the process of um, recruiting with college and how to contact um, coaches, how to go through that process like step by step. That's that's so cool because I think these kids a lot of times they see the, the all the five stars and you see everything on Twitter, but almost like your academy experience, you've got to put the work in, you've got to reach out to coaches, you've got to connect um, and take advantage. Like something like this is so cool. Would, would this be something if it goes well that you'd like to maybe expand? Uh, so my, my overall plan would be to do this for every sport, every high school sport. Um, so to have a, an entire weekend of, soccer, football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, like all the high school sports have one weekend where we can have, hopefully once COVID is over, have coaches from all over the country come into St. Lucie West, St. Lucie County, bring in revenue for the county and try and get as many kids as possible the exposure out to colleges. Because a lot of these kids, we live two hours from any major city, um, the, at least for soccer, has a program. Um, and a two hour drive for some people, they can't make it. Parents work seven days a week, three jobs. So if we can do one right in their backyard where they can cycle to, like it's, it's perfect for them. So soccer is the main one because of just the pay to play system that I've experienced. But if I can do it for every sport, that would be the, the end goal for this. The other thing that's really cool is, so when you came up with this, it sounds like your athletic director was like, I love this idea. Let's go, go, let's go for it. Yeah, he was, he was, he was on board straight away. He, um, he's new, he's new to our school, um, and isn't fully understanding of soccer. Um, but I sat down and I explained everything to him and I just said like how much of a good thing this would be, um, for, for the kids. Like it's good exposure for our school. It's good exposure for our County, but just for the kids to have that ability so he's been on top of it. He's been on it from day one. Um, he's been helping me set up as much as I can. Um, he's the one that helped me um, get the venue and everything. We've got a stadium rented out for it. Um, he's helping me get the officials and do all the logistical work. I've just got to try and get the kids on board. Right on. How, that is so cool. When when you can get both you and like the guy above you or the one that run, overlooks I, on the same page, that makes things so much easier. Definitely. Yeah. We're, de we're definitely working in tandem right now and it's really nice. What's the, uh, what's the feedback you've gotten from the, like the boys coach on this? Uh, the boys coach, he's, he's been around for a while and he thinks it's a really good idea. Um, he has contacts with coaches that he's helped me with. Um, he's also set me up with some of the uh, club teams around here to talk to them. Um, Cause a lot of the, some of the high school or some of the best players in the County, don't play high school soccer. They only play club. Um, so he's helping me get in with other, with the clubs to try and get as many kids in there as possible. Hmm. So there are some players that could be playing for the school, but they stick with club. Yeah. Whether that is their choice or the coach's choice. Um, it's, I'm not sure the, the ins and outs of it, but yeah, the, the boys coach has told me that the, the vast majority of the best players, at least in our school only play club. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, it's so cool to think. So at some point you'll open it up to have girls soccer and we'll have tennis and, and whatever. Oh, we're doing boys and girls soccer. 
Oh, boys and girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we're doing one day for boys and then one day for girls. That is so cool. What, which one, curiously, is, has the most players in, like registered or interested? Uh, so right now we have, we have more boys registered than girls. Okay. Um, but we have more women's colleges registered than men's colleges. Um, so it's a little bit flipped. Uh, so we're working hard on trying to get um, those girls registered, um, trying to find how many want to get signed up and want to go to college. Um, what has been the, what's been, how have you kind of marketed this? Like got this out, like how have you got those colleges? Have you just been reaching out directly to the like ones in Florida or have you reached yeah, out so, um, to Florida? We, we, I only have one school registered in Florida. The rest of them are across uh, the country. So I mainly used uh, contacts from Twitter. Um, so shout out to all my people that helped me. Uh, so I created um, my own, uh, a Twitter page for it, um, followed it myself, just kept retweeting everything I tweeted on there. Um, anyone that added into it, I sent them the link to register, um, gave them a whole spiel of like what it's going down. Um, and a lot of the colleges are super like happy about it. Um, because there are a lot of kids out there that, like, say, can't afford those mm-hmm. chances. So for them to see additional players, they're like, yeah, send me the video. Like, if we can get it down, we will. If not, we'll watch it virtually. Like, this is really cool. So you guys, you will be streaming the, the thing, like, live? Yeah, so the plan, the plan is to live stream uh, the entire event, yep. And then that'll be recorded, and then you can then send that out later to... Uh, yep, absolutely. To, that is so... I. The, the whole idea just seems um it makes sense um you know because now you're getting the ability to like you don't have to be there um and then just the ability to just bring everybody in your little neck of the woods in yeah. just sounds like such a great idea uh, it, it's, uh, it's something that a lot of people think about and i've some people are just really confused because we're not asking for money mm-hmm thing like because it's generally such a money-making scheme the way wait oh so you're doing it for free so what's the catch i'm like no there isn't a catch like i'm just a teacher and a soccer coach trying to help kids that's all it is (laughs) yeah and i think that's that's so that is so stinking awesome (laughs) um so i'm just excited to see how this so when it when it let's give us some information like what's the specifics when is it um Um, so it's going to be held um, across the weekend of March the 27th and 28th okay. um, of this year. So the 27th is going to be the boys. Uh, the 27th, sorry, the 27th is the boys. The 28th is the girls. Um, Four-hour event where um, we're looking to get, um, hopefully if we can get some Florida colleges signed up, we can get some coaches to come in um, and run the sessions. Um, so we're looking to run a training session so that um, – College, you can see how um, kids respond to coaches' questions and uh, kind of input. Um, and then there's going to be a, uh, just a, a regular 11 v 11 game. So has there been outside high schools that have said, hey, can I send my kids there? Or I'm interested in that. Is there, is there people saying, look, I love this idea. Can we get in on this? I've, I've had a couple of players ask. Um, there hasn't been any... Um, like schools or coaches try and come in, but I have had a couple of schools ask, but because we're running it through the school district, um, there's uh, an issue with like insurance purposes. Correct. Um, so we can only run people that are in our school district. 
I would love to open it up to everyone. Um, but right now it's not possible. If it's successful, we can maybe uh, collaborate with other counties and start to add more people in. Um, we'll just have to see how this first one goes. That is, uh, it's so cool. Like my brain, I just can see it because <laughs> I've taken my sons to ID camps and we've got, you know, traveled here and there. And I think the fact that you could host something centrally, especially for such a large school district, like that you have now, not only is it, you're not just focused on your high school, you're working on the whole, the whole district, but I think is like really, really cool um, yeah. on your end is, do you know if there's any other like setups like this out there? I mean, or was this completely off, heard of, this is completely I, off the top of your head? Uh, off the top of my head. I, I, I don't know of any other out there. I've had a lot of people um, reach out to me on Twitter and asking how I'm doing this because they want to do it in their district. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people reach out from Wisconsin, Arizona, California. Um, They'll be like, this sounds really cool. How are you doing it? We want to do the same thing. Um, so there's a lot of people out there that do want to do it, um, but maybe just haven't thought of it before. Um, but as far as I know, I've not heard of any other like county or school district that does this. So it's nice to be the first. I think the cool thing, especially like you said, because you do a lot of sharing of information about this and like the registration brochure and all that kind of mm -hmm. like, here's how you sign up. And I think what would be really cool is when you afterward, when you get to start sharing, like, look, here's some of the video that we took or here's the setup we had like pictures so people can start seeing it. Yeah. Um, and you can say, look, here's how we did it. Plus, I think that gives a great opportunity. I'm sure you'll get from the players and from the college coaches like, what things could we have done differently or better? But if someone sees it and goes, oh, I love that idea. Did you guys think about blah, blah, blah? And then you can implement that for future uh, camps. Exactly. Yeah. I've been reaching out to some people and asking like what um, the college coaches that go to ID camps, like what do they not like about things? And like, what, what would they like to see improved at ID camp? So we can try and do the, the best that we can. Cause I've, I've never attended an ID camp before myself. So I don't know how they run. Mm-hmm. So if we can, I can get information from other colleges and make it run the best possible that we can and just try and make it run as smooth as possible, that'd be really nice. I just, yeah, it's, I just, I love it. I just love it all. I know I keep saying that, but it's so cool <laughs> that you're doing. So um, you're, so you've put that thing into place. Um, is there in the future, what, what things beyond just the ID camp idea, is there a part of you that would like to get into coaching once like the little one has grown up a little bit and what have you, or are you content to be like teaching? I would, I would love to get back into coaching. Like I've, I've helped out with the girls uh, team at my high school. Um, when the, the, the coach at one point was uh, quarantined because um, of COVID. So I helped jumped in for two weeks um, and I do miss it. Um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. I love, I love working with the specifically like the U12, U13 age because they're just, they soak up everything and they're just so malleable that you can like, they'll listen to everything and you can imprint everything you want onto them. And like, they listen, like I, I, I coach kids from three years ago. I went to see some of them the other week when they were practicing and they were just like so shocked to see me, but still remembered me. Yeah. It, it's, it's so nice to be able to like put, such an imprint on kids that three years later they're like coach ben how are you like coming up and trying to hug me i'm like whoa whoa six feet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, 
That's um, awful. No, I, I think would, I would love to get back into it. Um, probably with with the baby right now, like high school is the best one because just the, the way the times like the time works, like it's straight after school. Um, but as soon as she's as soon as she's up and kicking a ball, like I'll start coaching her. We'll get into yeah. little tiny tikes and things like that. Um, is is uh, is Mama Bear? Is she a fan of soccer? What? Did, where? Did, how does she fall into the equation of soccer? Is she just she is a, a she's a begrudging fan. Um, she's she's slowly learning to love it. <laughs> um, she knows that it's a big part of my life, um, and then it has been for a long time. Um, so she she's very open to me um, trying new things. Um, we moved all the way to Wisconsin uh, for me to take a college uh, coaching position. Um, she was open for us to try that out, and we moved there for a year. Uh, we really enjoyed it, but my wife is born and raised Floridian and did not like the cold. Mm-hmm. So, um, plus, on top of that, we got pregnant, so we moved back down here. Um, but she is learning. Um, I'm a big fan of the uh, PC game Football Manager. Um, it's, it's just a game that like control, like you can control and manage every aspect of a soccer team. So she, um, before the baby came, she was playing that as well, and she oh, was wow. with my favorite team. So that she can learn the players. So if we ever go back to England and watch a game, she knows who she's looking at. <laughs> huh. That's really, really cool. Yeah, so I, ha- I happened to be watching a game this weekend and she was watching it with me. And she goes, oh, I recognize him. Oh, that that's Britt. That's Paddy McNair. I like them. <laughs> huh. That is really, really cool. That's an interesting way uh, to introduce her to. It's just nice, easy. You don't have to understand the formations or... Yep. Or what's offsides, what's not. Just you get to learn kind of who they are and where they're at on the pitch, and yeah, um, and what have you. So the the year of college coaching, mm-hmm. what what was that experience like? Because you say you love the U twelve, U thirteen. What was the experience dealing with nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two year olds? Um, you you have to deal with them in a very different way because um, suddenly they they become adults and they're away from home for the first time. Um, so there's a lot more, you have to put a, mo- a lot more rules in place um, to keep them in line. And because it's their first time away from home, they don't always follow them rules. Um, so there's a lot of um, specific discipline put in because of um, one event or another. Um, but you're at an age where kids are very, um, they're very skilled. So you're, you're coaching in a very different way. Like they, they've already got a lot of the technical work down. So now you're working on a bit more of the tactical work um, and this like team cohesion um, more than what you would do with like a U12 team where you're working on the t- real technical side. Yeah. An interesting kind of transition. So were you on the, the, the men's side or boy or girl side, women's side? I was, I was on the men's side. So I did, um, I've, I've had a pretty like quick rise through things. So I, I coached, um, Club for a, club for a year in Florida, um, and then I got a I got a high school coaching job in Florida. So I did a high school season, um, and then after that, me and my wife decided to try and move away and try new places. So we went to Arizona, um, and I spent the spring season volunteering with a D one women's program. Okay. Um, and then from there, we went to Wisconsin, where I got the job as the assistant coach with the men's program. Um, and then I coach club up there as well. And then we've come back down here where I'm just focusing on the teaching and then this ID camp. So it's been an interesting rise. Um, I'll be honest, like being English helps a lot. 
um, there's this idea that if you're English, you know about football and about I soccer. Gonna, I was going to ask about that because there's always this like, well, you've got an accent, <laughs> you should be able, to, you should be able to coach soccer. <laughs> yes, my my first coaching job was uh, uh, a volunteer one with a six aside group, um, and I about two weeks in, um, a parent went and complained to the um, to the people that run the system, um, and they said, "What's your problem?" They said, "Well, that team has an unfair advantage because they have a professional coach in them." And they said, "What do you mean a professional?" And they pointed me out, and simply because because I had an accent and I book <laughs> and my session planned out, that made me. A professional just because i had it all written out yeah isn't that wild <laughs> yeah i got there half an hour early i laid out my cones everything was set so the kids came in and boom straight away and they're like well we just make them kick it in the goal for 10 minutes first i'm like no that's not what you should do <laughs> <laughs> so i'm prepared and i have an accent people beware yeah and honestly a lot of like being prepared has got me a lot of the positions um just like talking like before we started this, like I made sure I remember that you taught math at high school. Um, just have the little comments. So um, at the high school job I started, um, I went into the interview with a six week preseason program that the kids were going to run before the season started. Um, and no one had ever come with something like that before. Um, so I went to the, uh, to the uh, D1 program to help volunteer. And I went out with some training sessions that I wanted to do. Um, how I felt periodization should look like with a college team. Um, so like I've, I've tried to be as prepared as possible and to kind of know the system and what the school was like before I got there. Um, so honestly, preparation and being English has got me very far. <laughs> Can't coach English, I guess, the accent. I guess I could fake it. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like you've been kind of, uh, you've kind of bounced around with, England to meeting your wife in Italy to Florida and then you kind of worked your way to Arizona to Wisconsin back to Florida yeah. um do you do you foresee I guess I'm assuming that her family and stuff is in Florida yes so is that where you think you're going to kind of just like all right this is our settling point and let's see if we can make the best of what we've got going on here right now yeah so we've just we've just bought our first house um and our baby's uh, five months old um, we've got a lot tying us down here um, as well as my wife's family. We've always, we both have been pretty nomadic people. So for me, it was interesting to see more of the U S mm -hmm. um, but I think we're, unless like a position arises that like, isn't what, like I just can't turn down. Then like, I think Florida is going to be the place to be for now. That is, that's awesome. I think it's kind of cool too almost symbolic of you kind of starting in Florida and go branching out to try some new things. And then it's just kind of brought you back. Um, and I think the cool thing as well, for me, just kind of listening to your journey and stuff is how soccer, like you said, is such a huge part of kind of who you are now um, and what you've become at this point, but you've been able to kind of push that to the side a little bit because you've, your, your focus is now family oriented, um, yep. your career, but I love the idea that you've gone out beyond that and said, look, I still want to make an impact some way. And now that's where this ID camp uh, is, has come around. And like you said earlier about seeing kids that you coach at U12, 13 and see them two, three years later, and they still recognize you. I think the cool thing you're going to get to experience in March um, with the ID camp is 
now you're going to impact kids that are not even in your, they're, they're not even walking your hallways and they're going to go back to friends. They dude, man, this coach Ben guy, let us play. And they're thinking there was, you know, colleges watching us and all that kind of stuff. It's so stinking cool. Yeah. I think the thing is with, with soccer, like it's more than just teaching them soccer. Like you're teaching them how to be good people. Um, like the socio, like the, the social, like social cycle side, that's the so, social and psychological side of soccer mm-hmm. is kind of put to the side and not thought about. Um, so like, we're really like uh, me as a coach, I really try to build pe- like people as people rather than just players. Like the, there's more to these kids aren't going to be playing soccer forever, but if you can teach them good life skills along with soccer, it's going to put them in good stead in the future. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier about the percentage was, I think you said like one and a half percent of those kids that go through even make it to the top. So realistically, if you can get these kids to at least experience an ID camp or maybe get to the college level, like that's really where most of them are going to end up um, yeah. if they do go beyond high school. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so where in Florida is, is the school district that you're at? Uh, so St. Lucie County is pretty much bang smack in between Orlando and Miami. We're about an hour and a half, two hours, like in between either. So we're on the East coast, um, right along I-95. Um, if you just zip up from Orlando, sorry, zip up from Miami or come down from Orlando, you'll find us in about an hour and a half. That's awesome. So ID camp. And what subject is your teach again? I teach world history. World history. So what is what has that experience been? Because um, well, I guess that's cool. Could you technically end up coach or coaching or teaching U.S. history? Yeah, potentially. It's uh, I'm I'm currently teaching the American Revolution, um, which is definitely a fun point for my kids uh, to laugh at because we lost. Um, <laughs> I try I try and joke and I say yeah like. We tried to tax you guys, then you got really upset, so we just gave you the land, and we just we just gave up. Yeah, we're just done playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done playing with you guys. You, you guys do what you need to do. Um, but no, so yeah, I mean, U.S. history is a definite possibility. Um, like, it's uh, I'm really enjoying it right now. Like, history is a, a second passion of mine on top of um, soccer, especially living in Italy. There's so much of it. I live like 20 minutes away from the Coliseum. 15 minutes from the Trevi Fountain, like it was such a cool place. Um, so just to be able to pass on like the stories that I've made myself um, and link it into um, like it, into classes, it's really interesting. Yeah, that's so cool that, that to bring your life experiences into it. I think always the kids really grasp onto that type of stuff. What were you in Italy? What was what was the the experience going on there? Was that school or? Uh, no, so um, it was it was originally based around soccer again. So me and a friend um, spent a month traveling around Europe, um, just watching soccer games. So we were out for four weeks and we watched uh, eight games, um, ranging from uh, Champions League down to the uh, Swiss second division, just like whatever we could find. So we planned like major major games along our route and then picked up little games along the way. Um, but we spent four days in um, Rome because we went to watch Rome versus Juventus um, and the game got put back a day or two. So we ended up staying a little bit longer and I fell in love with the place. So I went home um, and then I think it was about five, five weeks later, I quit my job um, and I got on a one-way flight to Rome 
and I went back to the hostel that I stayed in and I was like, hey, um, I'm looking for a job. Do you have one? Um, they're like, oh, we need a bartender. I'm like, perfect. I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> that is so you are, like you said earlier about being almost like nomadic. I think it's cool, though, that you um, I don't know if I want to call it impulsive, but when you get an idea, you're like, yep, I'm going for it. And yep. we'll, even the idea of going around and trekking around from stadium to stadium and the really like, I'm not sure how we're going to get from stadium A to stadium B, but we'll figure it out where we stay, all that kind of stuff. I think that's so like people are so worried about what others think nowadays <laughs> and oh, I got to have everything planned out. I really have like, you know, I teach seniors um, majority of the day. And really just trying to figure out what they're going to do next with college and, or am I going to go to college? Or if I don't, and um, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear how you have, have just kind of said, look, I'm just going to kind of blaze my own path a little bit, see what I experience." If I, and then like you said, I loved it. I want to go experience this some more. I think that's so stinking cool. Yeah. Like I, I didn't finish. Um, I finished college um, in England, but I didn't finish well because I just wasn't very good academically at the time. So I actually went back to college when I moved to the US. Um, so I finished my bachelor's degree here and honestly doing it at an older age, like allowed me to do better in it. Um, so yeah, from the age of 18, I don't think I've lived in one place for more than two years. Um, I've, like I said, I've just, I've lived in different cities in England. Um, I always came home cause I ran out of money. <laughs> Bail me out. <laughs> Uh, to, yeah, and then moved to Italy and met my wife there. She asked if I wanted to come to Florida, and then we just we kind of worked off that. So it's been a it's been a whirlwind. Um, I mean, my wife and I have been together for five years now. Been married for three together for a, a four and a half, four and a half five years. So it's been a crazy time. It's so stinking cool, though. I think the the I can I can just picture the stories you're gonna tell. Um, your daughter as she grows up like oh yeah when I was your age this is what we were doing or here's where me and mom met and like all the pictures and yeah um, we, the- we were already planning on making her a little travel buddy um I my wife turns um 30 this year and we were planning on going to uh Paris but COVID and everything just kind of thrown out of the window yeah. but she would have come with us um she's once COVID's over, she's going to go back to England and visit, visit all of her family, like her grandparents and everything. They're like, we do videos all the time like this, but it's not the same, like being yeah. in contact. They're missing out on a lot of it. So they're just super excited. Hopefully, hopefully the baby gets excited as well. We'll see. Has that, has that been difficult being um, on this side of, of, the, of the ocean with your, the majority of your family over, overseas? Um, I've... I've always been like I'm really close to my family but because I've always been in and out like I'm I've always kind of spent time with my uh, with my family like over the phone or like videos like this so this is the longest I've gone with not seeing them it was it's been 20 months since I was last back in England so nearly two years so that's the longest I've gone without seeing them so it is difficult um but I'm also building my own family over here. Yeah. Um, it's great that I have my wife and her family. They're super supportive in what we do. They want to come back to England with us as well and visit. Um, so like, it's really nice that I have that connection here. Um, and I do miss my, like, 
I'm not saying I don't miss my family. Like I, I do miss hugging my mum and like just getting like getting a smile from my dad. It's yeah. uh, I do miss that, but it's just nice to have all this here as well. This whole uh, this whole conversation has been so cool. This is one of the things I've loved about since I started doing this podcast. I start hearing the story. If you you know, I see I saw the stuff you're putting on about the ID camp, and I was like, man, this is really cool. And then you were gonna hop on here, and then to kind of hear where where you kind of started. And then how you've bounced around and kind of and where you're at. And then just to, after all of that, and again, the idea of doing a free ID camp. And then again, like I said earlier, almost impulsively just saying, let's just do this and, uh, and rock and roll. And, and, you know, you don't have, I don't think you have any major like expectations. Like we'll see how it goes yep. and then we'll, and, and we'll keep going from there. Yeah. My big thought, if we get one kid into college, I, it's a success. Yeah, I think it's I, think I, I one I, person looking. And I really think this is something I could see taking off. Like I I'm in my head thinking, is this something I may be able to do in the future at like with my high school program? Um, to have like local coaches, you know, come in and at least see it. Or I love the live stream idea because now I can, you know, here you go, kids, here's a clip of this. Go get highlights, clip them up, send them to coaches. Um, yeah. we'll send it directly, like we'll try to help you guys out. Yeah. Um, so, so hopefully, if, if, hopefully we start a trend yeah right on and we'll give you full credit uh <laughs> as well um, i'll take it yeah right on um so if people want to kind of follow along or find or even find out more about the id camp or connect with you um what is what are some of the best ways or the easiest ways you mentioned twitter has been kind of a good friend for you yeah i i live on twitter way more than i should do really yeah. uh, but you can find me at coach.swalwell. Um, you can find the ID camp. Um, it's at uh, SLW uh, Cent 10 uh, ID camp. So the high school I work at is St. Lucie West Centennial. Um, so yeah, SLW uh, Cent 10 ID camp. I'm always retweeting it so you can find it on there. Um, again, my email is coachswalwell um, at gmail.com. Uh, that's the, the main one that I use. Like I said, I'm on there way too much more wife is always nagging me to get off it um so if you message me on twitter you're gonna get a reply pretty quickly <laughs> that's awesome and i will have all his information all of ben's information in the uh notes of this uh when it goes out on youtube and on anchor and uh all the little things that i throw it out on uh ben i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me it's been awesome like so I'm like I said, I keep saying I love it, but I, everything I've heard has been so stinking cool. So appreciate I really appreciate it. Man. I, I, I started listening to all your mini rants last year and, <laughs> uh, and you're just getting bigger and bigger. So I'm loving it. Yeah, I uh, hear you. So I'll wrap this thing up. Hey, this is Kieran coaches chat corner. I always mess that up. Coaches corner <laughs> chats. It's dyslexic or something. And I'm out. Peace. Man, that was that's 